Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. We made it. It's Friday. The weekend's here. I hope you're as excited as I am. I'm looking forward to the weekend. It's been a tough, awesome, inspiring, uh, interesting week. Uh, We're now into day two of Pride Month. Uh, We've been hammering that topic. And we're going to get at it in a different way today. We're finally going to interview someone I've been dying to interview for a long time, Riley Gaines, the University of Kentucky swimmer who is at the forefront uh, at the trans athlete issue. Riley, of course, swam against uh, William Leah Thomas in the NCAAs, the University of Pennsylvania transgender swimmer, and she's been making news all over the country. I can't wait to talk to Riley, and we'll do that in a a second. But the first thing I want to do is uh, talk to you guys a little bit about a new partner, a new sponsor uh, for the show. Got to take care of these guys because, one, The beauty of this show and the beauty of of working in the podcast space as opposed to corporate television is you actually get to, or at least I get to, and I'm sure other people at The Blaze, we actually get to meet the people that we're in partnership and in sponsorship with so that we can actually know who we're dealing with, know if they fit our profile, know if their values align with ours. And so last week, Wynn Fisher came to town. He has a business called Naturally It's Clean. Wynn and I I sat and talked for about an hour last week, and a lot of the conversation was just casual about our personal life. A lot of it was about his product, Naturally It's Clean. It's an eco-friendly cleaning product for your kitchen, for your bathrooms, for uh, rugs, carpet, laundry, whatever. It's got it all. It's eco-friendly, it uses enzymes and, and to, to help uh, fight uh, stains and things like that. It's, it's one of the most innovative products in the market. It's awesome, but what's even more awesome, I don't even wanna say it's more awesome, but what's just as awesome is Wynn Fisher. He shares our values. That, as we in the first week of Pride Week, I think that is what's being hammered home to us as we look at what's going on with Target, as we look at what's going on with Bud Light, as we look at what's going on with Chick-fil-A. We have to spend our money with people and businesses and corporations that share our values. Win Fisher, naturally it's clean. They share our values. Win and I hit it off, he lives in Indiana, my home state, loved the guy, 
took his products home to my mother in Indianapolis. She loves the product, took it to my own home. I've been using the product. Guys, and I know I'm speaking to a predominantly male audience, if you don't do the shopping, if you're uh, uh, married and your wife or your spouse takes care of you know, the cleaning products and does the shopping, tell her or him or whomever, they have to switch to naturally it's clean. The product is awesome. I've used it, my mother's used it. I've talked to Wynn Fisher who runs the company. We have to get on board with Naturally It's Clean. Their essential starter kit, which features four of their most popular products is one of their top selling items. My audience can get an additional 15% off for a limited time by visiting naturallyitsclean.com slash fearless. Keep your home clean and support companies like Naturally It's Clean. And while you do it, because they support you and your conservative values, please check them out today and get your Jason's Essential Starter Kit by visiting naturallyitsclean.com slash fearless. That's naturally, I-T-S, clean.com slash fearless. Guys, jump on board. I guarantee you won't regret it. If you don't do the shopping in your home, tell your wife, tell your girlfriend, tell your mother, whoever does the shopping for you, Go to naturallyisclean.com, get these products, support Wynn Fisher, get the best cleaning products, eco-friendly. Ali Best Ducky, when you go to their webpage, she endorses this product. Some of you young mothers out there and you wanna make sure the products you're bringing in your home are child-friendly, Ali endorses this deal. This is where we need to be spending our money. All right. Uh, I just had to get that off our chest. I'm very excited about this new partnership with Natural is Clean. Welcome them aboard, and then send me an email telling me that you've hopped on board with Natural is Clean. That will guarantee you a response from me. All right, uh, without further ado, uh, let's bring on one of the most courageous young women in America today, Riley Gaines. And it, it seems funny to say that, that one of the most courageous women in the world today and in America today is a swimmer. You know, you in competitive swimming, you don't think that that takes a great deal of courage, but it does when just as a young person at age 22, 23 years old, you decide to hop into this transgender, gender dysphoria debate and take a side and take a side that social media and corporate America does not support. Riley Gaines has done that. She's faced the criticism. She's faced physical uh, violence uh, when going out and speaking about th that it's, it's just not right for biological males to be competing against women in sports. Riley Gaines, thank you so much for taking the time and, and joining us today. Uh, you look like everybody's kid sister next door. Why did you decide to hop into this fight? First of all, thank you so much for having me on. Um, we're both right here in Nashville, but I couldn't swing it to get there today, and I wish I could have. Um, that being said, no why? Why have I really been thrusted into this position and, and why I've taken a stance against this? And really what it boils down to is that I was no longer willing to lie um, for that entire season, which was my senior year last year at the University of Kentucky. That entire season, our coaches, our athletic directors, the NCAA, the universities, the institutions, 
they were telling us to go along with this. They were telling us to smile and step aside and allow these men onto our podiums and allow these men into our locker rooms. And if you feel uncomfortable about having to undress next to a male, then you're the one who's crazy. You're the one who should seek counseling if you don't want to see an undressed male simultaneously while you're undressing. And so for a while, it was almost this feeling of you didn't know who to talk to. Um, We talked amongst ourselves as swimmers and, and as teammates and competitors, and we knew this was wrong, but we didn't really know who to convey that to because no one was there to protect us. And so ultimately, when I saw this with my own eyes, when I felt this injustice of competing in a lane over from a six foot four man who towered over the rest of us, undressing in the locker room next to him, and he was fully intact with and exposing male genitalia, seeing that and then ultimately tying this man at our national championships, which I want to mention, this national championships, it's the fastest meet in the world. Um, it's, it's the most, it's where the most impressive female swimmers in the world gathered together and they raced. Um, when we tied Thomas and I, which almost impossibly enough we did, um, we went the exact same time down to the hundredth of a second. And so upon tying, we get out of the water, we go behind the awards podium and the NCAA official looks at both Thomas and myself and says, great job, but you guys tied. Um, we only have one trophy and we're giving this trophy to Leah. Riley, you have to go home empty handed. And I, of course, was taken aback by this. You know, we went the same time. Why are you giving this trophy to Leah? And I asked, which this was the first time anyone had pushed back on anything they had done this far. So clearly they weren't prepared to answer this question. And he looked at me and he said, well, we have to give the trophy to Leah for photos. Um, Leah has to have it for pictures. So you can pose with this one, but you have to give it back. You go home empty handed. Leah takes the trophy. And that's, that's the point when um, I knew the competition was wrong. I knew the locker room was wrong. But when they reduced everything that my teammates and I had worked my, our entire lives for, um, I started swimming when I was four. And I, I stopped swimming when I was 21, 22. So 18, 17 years of my life, I dedicated to my sport. And when they reduced that down to a photo op to validate the feelings and the identity of a male, that's when I was no longer willing to lie and say that Thomas was a woman because we all knew that was not the case. How much conversation, because I'm sure this was building all season and you knew you were headed to the NCAAs where you may face uh, William Thomas, Leah Thomas. How much conversation were you having with your parents and was this your fiance at the time or your husband at the time? How much conversation were you guys having about you know, if you take this on, you're going to be a lightning rod and it could change the course of your life. How much thought went into this? First and foremost, and it sounds kind of cliche to say this, I never expected it to blow up in the way that it did in speaking out because I had the same thought process that you did. I thought to myself, how can it require courage to say that men and women are different? I didn't think that was, would ever be something that really thrusted me into this position of fighting for women fighting for women and girls, not just in sports, but women and girls in general. Um, We're seeing this overall systemic erasure of women, whether that's in the media, whether that's through corporate America, whether that's in academia, whether that's through the administration that's leading this country right now, the Biden administration. Um, We have a sitting Supreme Court justice who can't even define what a woman is because they claim they're not a biologist. It's so crazy. And so I never once thought this would be the direction my life would go. Um, I graduated from the University of Kentucky with my degree in human health sciences and health law, and I had every intent on being in dental school. 
this year. Um, I actually wanted to practice endodontics, but clearly <laughs> I'm not performing any root canals and I'm fighting for this because ultimately I saw what was at stake if I didn't fight for this, if someone didn't fight for this. And it's a lot bigger than just women's sports. Um, when they're asking us to say two plus two is five, that's a problem. We can open any history book and see how that turns out for any other civilization and it's not pretty. Um, the denying of the truth, the silencing of people um, and, and the submission of voices from people in power, the changing of the language that we use. And there's a lot, of, a lot of other factors that go into it. The breakdown of faith, the breakdown of family, the breakdown of freedoms. It points directly at Marxism. And it, it's, it's relatively easy to see, yet we're choosing to ignore it. Um, and that's why I say I saw what was at stake if I didn't fight for this. It's, 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 I have people all the time who tell me, you know, you're just being a sore loser which I didn't lose. We tied, first of all. But they'll say, you're just being a sore loser. Um, you're grifting off of this situation. Um, you just want your participation participation trophy. But it's so much bigger than that stupid, silly $5 production trophy that I didn't get to hold. It's not about the trophy. It's about the principle of what's happening in here, what's happening here and how we're allowing it to happen and how our administration leading this country is actively leading us in this direction. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Riley, I, I remember seeing you on Tucker Carlson, I don't know, six, eight months ago, or I, I don't know how long ago. But it seems like, wow, you have evolved in your understanding <laughs> of the underlying issues has multiplied 20, 30 times. So if we went back a year, had you given much thought to Marxism and some of the things you unpacked, or is this things you've just learned from going through this experience and figuring out where did this come from? How did we get here? Or, or were you already thinking some of these things before this even happened? By no means was I really taking this outlook on what's going on. Um, I don't like to consider myself naive, but I most certainly was naive to what's going on. Um, and I kind of, I often joke now, I wish I could go back to being naive. Not really, but it, life was more simple when I didn't have to think about all of the different things going on and, and just what issues our country is facing. Um, issues that are taking us back in time centuries um, by allowing what's this, what's happening to women, women and children in particular, which I think is really important to mention, um, they're going for these, of course, vulnerable populations. What's happening to women? Of course, we have the right to vote. We have the right to own property. But now we have to plead per, for privacy in our locker rooms. We have to plead for opportunities to deem we're worthy. I mean, it just seems wild. And so my perspective this past year has shifted entirely. Um, I have been eye-opened. I have seen just how corrupt the media is. I have seen just how corrupt politics can be on both sides and how that operation really works. Um, I've been spiritually awakened. Uh, I've always, I grew up in the church. I'm very fortunate for the family foundation that I have 
um, how they raised me, how they raised me in the church. And so I've always been spiritual. But this past year, I feel like I have so clearly seen how God works and how he puts people in positions that they by no means <laughs> feel equipped for. I still don't feel equipped for doing what I'm doing and for fighting what I'm fighting. That being said, I've seen so clearly how the devil works and how he moves through people and how he moves through organizations. Um, so yes, this past year, I, I feel as if I've matured in a way that you can't go through unless you're directly impacted by something like this, which is unfortunate, of course. Um, but that being said, I, I don't look at myself as any sort of victim. I really look at this situation and what happened to me as something that's optimistic because it's given me the opportunity to talk about this. It's given me the opportunity to shed light on this in a way that very few people in my position have thus far. Um, I think obviously for certain reasons, one of which being they're so fearful. They're so fearful of this cancel culture that we live in. Um, they're scared to be labeled any of the labels and I've been called them all. <laughs> for simply saying men and women are different, you get called transphobic, you get called homophobic. They lump racist in there, which blows my mind because this has absolutely nothing to do with race, but they'll call you it. Um, and these people are terrified of that. And naturally, no one wants to be called those things. But I've realized now, does it make someone transphobic to say that there are only two sexes? Does it make someone transphobic to say you can't change your sex and that women are, are, are rightfully deserving of equal opportunities and fairness and safety and privacy? Um, and if it does, then by all means, I, call me it, throw it my way. I'm a lot more scared of not standing firm in the truth than I am of being called those things. Um, so that's kind of been my outlook and how it's really shifted this past year. So one of the things that I haven't seen people talk much about, or I don't think I've seen anyone talk about, but when you reference like, hey, I'm in the locker room, this guy's undressing, he's kept his bat and balls, I'm a woman, I have to undress here, other women have to undress here, one of the issues I never hear talk about is, is like, you're married and have a husband, and how is that fair to him? I mean, <laughs> would you want your husband undressing with a bunch of women in a woman's locker room? Why would your husband want you undressing with a man in a man's locker room? It, 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 this just, it's incomprehensible to me that people don't think about these issues. It's unfair to your husband. Absolutely, it is. Um, it's also, I also have a dad who's, um, he played SEC football. He played in the NFL for a long time. Um, he's a very big, your typical Tennessee guy. And when I called him, both him and my husband, they were at this swim meet. It was at Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Um, and first of all, we weren't forewarned we would be sharing a locker room. Um, no, no one told us we would be sharing this changing space. So the only time that we became aware that we were was when we saw Thomas disrobing. Again, a, a six foot four, 22 year old male dropping his clothes fully intact with an exposing male genitalia. Um, that's how we became aware that we'd be undressing next to him. And so I immediately left that locker room and I called my dad and I called my husband. And when I called my dad and I told him, you know, dad, we just had to undress next to a man. My dad was there watching the meet and he says, Riley, I'm coming down there and I'm going to handle this myself. And I, <laughs> I said, dad, you can't do that. 
Um, we already have one man in the locker room. We definitely don't need two. Um, and I don't want to have to talk to you through, through bars at a jail cell. <laughs> so don't come down here. This will, we'll handle this. And so I went out of the locker room and I asked one of the officials on the pool deck. I said, what are the guidelines that allow a male with male parts to undress in our women's locker room? And so nonchalantly, this official said, oh, well, we actually just got around this by making the locker rooms unisex. No big deal. And so then I'm sitting there thinking, unisex? So any man could have walked into our locker room? Any coach, any official, any parent, any dad, any man who wanted to, any pervert who wanted to be in that locker room would have had full access and full reins and bare minimum. We weren't told about it. It felt like this, this feeling of betrayal. It felt like the people who were supposed to be there to protect us and protect our privacy had failed miserably. Again, not even alerting us that this would be the situation at hand until we had to see it with our own eyes. It was disgusting. It was perverse. It's obviously it's wrong. It's unethical. It's immoral. It's crazy to think that this is actually not only is it just happening, it's almost as if it was being celebrated. It was being encouraged to happen because after this meet, Leah Thomas, again, um, a male who swam three years on the men's team at University of Pennsylvania, uh, a very mediocre male ranking 462nd in the country at best the year prior. After this meet, Leah Thomas was nominated for NCAA Woman of the Year, which is why I say this is being encouraged. How are we nominating this person for Woman of the Year, which is the most prestigious collegiate honor for female athletes? Um, I was also nominated, but this, this nomination immediately was devalued to me when I saw that Thomas was nominated as well. So listening to you talk about your dad and, and his instincts, because those are those are thoughts that have run through my mind. What if this was my daughter? And to hear that your dad, former Vanderbilt football player, former NFL football player, it, it, his instincts are right. Like, I'm coming down there to take care of this baby. Get out of my way. How have you kept him <laughs> at bay? And how have you kept him, I mean, feeling, being able to sleep at night? Because that is like, I, I've said that if this was my daughter, I just don't know if I'd want her out there in this way. But clearly they've raised you in a way that you're gonna stick to your values and you're willing to take on this fight. Just your mom and dad sound like really unique people. They absolutely are. Um, and again, I talked about my family foundation. I think why my parents have, <laughs> have kind of stayed back and let me handle this is because they know I can handle this. Um, unfortunately, they know my stubbornness. <laughs> they know my sass. They get it. They saw it for 18 years before I went to college. And while they didn't necessarily appreciate it at the time, they most certainly do now. Um, my dad, um, he knows I'm a leader. I was, I was team captain at University of Kentucky in my years there, my junior and senior year. He knows that I'm unwavering. He knows that I'm not going to back down from, from what I know to be right from the biblical truth, from biological reality, from, of course, objective truth. And they know that. Um, and, and again, I couldn't be more fortunate for the support that I have with them, with my friends, with my teammates, with my coaches and my athletic director, who have been so incredibly supportive of me. Um, after this all happened, before I took a public stance, I immediately called my athletic director 
and I, his name is Mitch Barnhart at the University of Kentucky, and he's a phenomenal guy. We had an amazing relationship, of course, before this. But I called him, and I said, Mitch, you know, this is what's happening. This is how we feel. And when I say we, I met my team at the University of Kentucky because we talked about this, and we all felt how I'm speaking to you. I said, how do you feel, Mitch, if I take a public stance in acknowledging that this is wrong and it's harmful to women? And he said, Riley, I love you. I support you. Um, I'm behind you. Don't, he said, I will never forget. He said, speak your heart, stay true to your convictions and don't worry about painting this university in a bad light. And at the time I thought nothing of it. I thought, okay, you know, sounds great. Thank you. Hung up the phone. But now after talking to other girls at other universities, he is the only athletic director in the NCAA who has taken that approach, bar some Christian schools, um, especially of the SEC, of the ACC, of the Power Five. He's the only one who has said this. And I've talked to these girls at these other universities and the silencing that they're dealing with, it's, it's truly chilling. It's terrifying to think that these institutions and these universities have this much way and this much fear instilling um, that they're enabling all of their women's sports teams to really be silenced. Riley, I, I need you to give me uh, like 60 seconds to take care of another one of our sponsors, but I wanna ask you about Samantha Ponder and Sage Steele, some people with some big platforms that are starting to show you some support. But I wanna talk a little bit about our good friends at Preborn. You guys know Preborn. Probably, I have to admit, it's probably my favorite sponsor. They have given us a purpose here at, at Fearless. We have developed a mindset about when life begins at conception, and we know that supporting life in the womb is the key to developing a right, the right mindset and the right attitude on life outside the womb. You can't properly develop life and wait until it's outside the womb. You know that talking to your baby while in the womb increases, talking, reading to your baby increases the baby's intelligence. No, it's undeniable that life begins inside the womb. Preborn recognizes that, and that's why expected mothers who are thinking about abortion, Preborn provides them an ultrasound to provide them the ultimate proof that life begins inside the womb. They show a woman that heartbeat, they show them that ultrasound, that image of the baby inside their womb. Women then choose life, and that's when preborn really gets into the game, providing women the tools, the uh, accessory items, the, the help and support, both financially and mentally, to get them through the first two years of that baby's life in the womb and outside the womb. It, is an awesome, awesome experience to donate money and support preborn. As fearless soldiers, we do this all the time. You know how I do it. I go to preborn.com slash Jason and give my money that way. There's other ways to do it. All you gotta do is hit pound 250 on your phone, say the keyword baby. You can give that way. Be a good, fearless soldier. We support life inside the womb because God, knew us inside the womb. He made us inside the womb. This is important. If you want to be a fearless soldier, I need you to support preborn. We got to support babies. We got to save lives. Preborn has saved more than a quarter million babies' lives in its existence. Dan Steiner, I told you 
about the opportunity to meet the founders of these companies and make sure that they're on board with what we're on board with. You guys have seen Dan Snyder on this show. Great man, shares our values, great organization. The money goes directly to the ultrasounds. It's not wasted on mid-level and high-level executives. Preborn.com slash Jason or pound 250, say the keyword baby, $28 pays for one ultrasound, 140 pays for five. Give what you can, send me an email about it. it I'll guarantee you a response from me, Fearless blaze show at gmail send me an email about your pre-born donation and i will respond all right let's get back uh to <laughs> one of the most courageous people in america who has been joined now by samantha ponder and and sage still was already out there uh supporting riley but in the past weeks sam ponder from espn she hosts their nfl uh, countdown show it's a high profile position uh, ESPN and Disney are about as woke as any corporation you can get. It takes great courage for Sam Ponder and Sage Steele to step out there and support Riley. How has their support uh, made you feel, Riley? It's been huge. Um, for so long in speaking about this, um, especially speaking about this in regards to sports, People in the sporting industry, such as ESPN, of course, such as the NCAA, the International Olympic Committee, um, sports-specific governing bodies such as FIFA, U.S. Rowing, all, you know, all, all of the sport governing bodies, they've been silent surrounding this, which blows my mind how, how you could see this happening, knowing sports, knowing the differences, of course, between men and women when it comes to sheer athleticism or anything that requires strength and be silent. Um, having Sage Steele come out first and support this, I, I, I really, when I saw this, my heart was overjoyed because I knew what this meant. Um, I knew more people would, would follow behind, closely behind, because of course, courage begets courage. It takes one person such as Sage Steele to take this stance and more people will follow. And that's exactly what Sam Ponder has done. Um, their support both privately and publicly to me has meant the world. Um, but again, not just to me, it means the world to so many, to so many girls who were in my same position, who didn't have, and who don't have that support from their athletic director, like I did, or they don't have, um, any of that family foundation that I mentioned, or those younger girls who are playing in middle school and high school and who are terrified of talking about this. It gives them hope. And so to have them on my side, fighting alongside me, um, especially given their platform and the influence that they have, again, I can only be hopeful that more in their same position will closely follow. What has shocked me, Riley, is that I think male athletes should be your biggest supporters because we know, and a long time ago, long before you were born, I used to be a college football player. Uh, don't look it now, but trust me, take my word for it. There's proof on the internet. Uh, and I, we know better than anybody that we have an advantage physically over women. And so I, I'm sitting here like, where are the jocks, the ex-jocks, the NFL players, NBA players? They're all on ESPN. They're on Fox Sports. I'm surprised that male athletes aren't coming out. They have daughters. They know how unfair this is. I'm shocked at the silence of men. 
As am I. Um, this conversation very easily gets centered around girls and women, but it's so true. We need men. We need the men, of course, in these positions of, of power, such as in these governing bodies in the NCAA. Typically, a lot of athletic directors and coaches, they're men. Um, I've recently called for a boycott among female athletes, but let it be on record right here, right now that I'm calling for a boycott of male athletes. Um, we need them. They need to take a stance. They need to send a message. And that message is, of course, that men and women are different and that women are worthy of fair competition. Um, what we're seeing, of course, this is only going one way. We're not seeing women infiltrate into men's sports, especially at the competitive level. We're not seeing women asked to be in men's prisons. We're not seeing women going into men's locker rooms and restrooms. This is only going one way. These men, they're not at jeopardy here. Therefore, so many of them have been silent. But I love what you mentioned about these men having daughters. Um, they have a, a lot of them, especially even the Democrats, um, legislators and politicians and senators and, and delegates who make these laws that enable this, that allow women to be rid of opportunities. These are dads. These are moms of, of young daughters. And you're telling me they're perfectly fine with their young daughter undressing next to a fully grown man um, who, again, is fully intact with and exposing male genitalia right next to them. They're OK with that. And if that answer is truly yes, I think there's another conversation that needs to be had. And it probably needs to involve child protective services, because that that's really sadistic <laughs> if you're a parent and you're OK with your daughter being in that position. Um, and so, yes, I entirely agree. We need masculinity. Um, it's, it's been deemed masculinity is, is toxic and it's bad, but oh my gosh, um, there's a saying and it's hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. And of course it's the cycle. And I think right now we're in the cycle of weak men creating hard times, which we can only hope garners these weak times creating strong men. That being said, parents, teach your sons masculinity. Teach them to be protectors and providers because we've gone so far away from that. And, and it shows. It really does. We need strong men. We need strong women. Don't shy away from being strong and being bold. We'll end on this note. And I, I'm not asking this to be snarky or funny, but I just kind of want your take. Caitlyn Jenner has been rational about this. What do you think of his take on, or, or Caitlin's take, I'll try to stay away from pronouns, but <laughs> he's still got his bat and ball, so I'm, it's just, but he's been on your side. I, what do you think of Caitlyn Jenner? I think Caitlyn's experience in terms of understanding gender dysphoria, but also understanding what it takes to be an elite athlete is pretty powerful. Um, there are, of course, things that Caitlin does that I don't agree with. But I think in regards to protecting women's sports, um, I think having that understanding of the value of sports, the understanding of, of course, how Caitlin, when competing as Bruce, would have compared alongside the other males, or, or excuse me, of course, compared to the males, but also in competing with the females, it, <laughs> He knows what it would have been like in that situation. And so I think that added value there while also understanding um, this gender dysphoria, which seems to, of course, take in this rampant exponential. It's it's a trend, in my opinion, um, 
not to say that I don't think there are some people who truly struggle with this. That also being said, I, I don't think that everyone who is identifying as trans nowadays actually is struggling with gender dysphoria. And I'm certain that Leah Thomas didn't. Um, I, I think that experience. Hold, hold on, that, that's interesting. Hold, hold on for a second. That, that, I don't know if I've heard you say that. You don't think, you think Leah Thomas is just a total scam, that th there is no gender dysphoria. Yeah, you're right. You really haven't heard me say that because I, I've been hesitant to, of course, um, speculate. I like to say a lot of my stuff with certainty, but I, I am almost certain at this point, of course, I'm not living in Leah Thomas's body. I don't know. But it has come out now based off of content that Leah Thomas has engaged with in social media in regards to being an AGP, which just stands for an autogynophiliac, which just means you're sexually aroused as dressing as a woman. Also, my understanding of gender dysphoria is that you are dysphoric about your gender. Therefore, if you're a man and you're, of course, still intact with your male parts, how would you feel comfortable undressing in front of women? That's not someone what someone with gender dysphoria does. And I've had conversations. Again, I, I really like to be well versed about this because I think it's important to come from a place of understanding and come from a place of considering perspectives. And so I've talked to many trans identifying individuals who, who I genuinely do believe struggle with just this gender dysphoria. And they said they're so dysphoric about their gender, they would never feel comfortable openly undressing in front of a room full of the opposite sex. That's not what gender dysphoria is. And so my understanding of Leah Thomas is, I do think there's some other underlying uh, mental delusions there. But in my understanding and what I've seen based off of um, what Thomas has portrayed is this isn't really someone who's transgender. This is a transvestite. And we were subjected to participating in this person's fetish. I, I, I think you're right. I'm glad you said it. I, I certainly believe it. And then and this is just another obvious point. It was like everybody went out of their way to make sure Bill Leah Thomas felt good and felt affirmed and and no one was worried about Riley Gaines or any of the other women how they felt were they comfortable with and, and again because I don't undressing in front of the opposite sex sometimes undressing in front of your own sex or whatever it ain't the most comfortable feeling in the world but no one cares. They only cared about how the, and I, I think I agree, the transvestite, how he felt, was took priority over everything else. Leah, uh, not Leah, <laughs> Riley, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. It was awesome to meet you. I, I, one day I think uh, you might be president of the United States of America, <laughs> and I hope that that's true, because, uh, our grandkids and the next generation will be in better shape. Uh, you, you I hope you take this as a compliment, but you, you remind me of a young Carrie Lake. And, and man, you got a set and I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me on, really. I appreciate it so much. Have a great weekend. Uh, that's Riley Gaines. Wow. She ain't scared. All right, uh, we'll play some uh, tomorrow, and we'll see you next week. for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. 